Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you are listening to episode 107 of the podcast. Today we are here for a current affair. During the week on Thursday, the local enterprise office here in Leitrim ran an event to celebrate National Women's Enterprise Day. And we have one of the speakers with us here today, Georgia from The Art of Coffee. Welcome to the programme. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Georgia, I'm only going to use your first name because I'm going to absolutely butcher your surname, but maybe you might tell for the benefit of the listeners, what's your surname? How do you pronounce it properly? Well, my real name, my full real name is Stefcikne uh, Vishnyei Györgyi. It's quite a handful. It's even difficult for Hungarians. So many, many years ago, well before I set up the business, I started to go with the English version of my first name, and that's Georgia. Just make things easier. Absolutely. Definitely for me anyway. So we've established you're Hungarian. Tell us a bit about you growing up in Hungary and how you ended up in Leitrim. We'll talk about the business later, but maybe just a little bit of that origin story. Yes, I'm Hungarian. I moved to Ireland in 2004. I actually an, an architect, or I can say that I was an architect. I had a Master of Science of Architecture and Building Engineering, and uh, me and my husband, who's also an architect, moved to Ireland in 2004, and we worked as an architect till 2008. So that's how we ended up in Leitrim, to work as an architect uh, with local companies. And of course, 2008 was when the construction industry just collapsed and brought everybody with it. Yeah, it's a big red date, yeah. Including the design world, I suppose. So architecture wasn't really an option for you in this part of the world. What did you do next? Well, well, it took us a while to realize that, as you said, that there's no way to get an architecture job in the next few years or so. And because we had a mortgage here in uh, Kerikonshano, we bought a small house. And uh, I got a small the son, 18 months at that time, and I was eight months pregnant with my second one. There was no chance to move or do anything else. So we realized that uh, thinking outside the box would be the the way forward and uh, we came to a solution to set up a business on coffee it's a weird one especially in Leitrim like this would be great coffee grown weather yeah coffee doesn't grow here we have to import it (laughs) but uh, yeah it it was a weird one my family and friend or the friends they were really freaked out by the idea that what we're planning to do but in our head it, it was completely logical so we decided to set up a business to take uh, control of our life and create a job for ourselves and we saw we knew that it's going to be hard there's going to be a lot of problems and to deal with that we had to choose a subject that we we love and we have passion for just like architecture so the next question was that is there anything that we know more and have passion for than other people and it, it was realized that obvious coffee since i'm a small child i'm mad about coffee and uh, during my uh, earlier years, my friends, architecture years, my friends kept joking with me that, oh, you should really open your own cafe and stop complaining about the quality of the coffee you drink everywhere. But why would I have done that? You know, I was a happy architect. I didn't plan to open a cafe. But that's exactly what happened. So you started roasting coffee in your own kitchen around about 2009, but that didn't quite work out the way you planned it. Well, yeah, it It was very enjoyable because that was the time that uh, we were learning about the process of roasting coffee. Previously, I was just drinking coffee. Uh, Well, we had to take uh, the next step and take the business into real life and had to start selling. And the obvious choice was to go to a local market and try to sell coffee there. 
it was all perfect in our head that's gonna be worked out so well people will flock and buy your coffee and that's we're gonna set now the complete opposite happened within a few weeks maybe a month we realized that that was not gonna work there's no market for a product and basically i wasted my money uh, on the equipment which is never a nice experience no never but we are stubborn and we had no plan b we decided just go ahead it will work so we decided that we gonna create the market for our product we have to set up a cafe and let people know that what good coffee is and uh, thank god the or thank the bank the bank of Ireland gave us a massive loan and we were able to open cafe lounge in 2010 so Cafe Lounge, of course, at the back of the landmark there, just, I'm not sure the official uh, address, but it's just off that little car park but that, at the back of the landmark and people people know where you are because of the coffee at this point. I, I think it is, yes, that, that's right. We don't have an official address because it's back of the landmark. That's your official address. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the first few years were tough because, as I told you, there was no market for our products, so we had to fight for every single customer and, and let them know what coffee is. But month by month, year by year, we could see that uh, there's more and more demand for a coffee and what we do is actually is right and there's a future in that. So you've established the, the coffee house in, at the back of the landmark and you're selling your own product in that. When did you really step up a gear and it became the art of coffee as the brand as it is today? A couple of years later, we realized that yeah, the cafe broke even finally, so we covered the cost, but it was a tremendous amount of work going in, and we were looking for another option that how could we grow. And uh, we, we, we started to sell quite a lot of coffee to our customers. We had a little retail part in the cafe where you can buy all the roasted coffee. So that was obvious that we that that's the part to to move forward, and we decided to start roasting coffee and sell coffee to other businesses. So basically, do wholesale. And in 2013, we rented a little place behind the cafe, and then we moved the coffee roastery there, so we could roast much more. We got a proper storage, and then we were able to supply other businesses. So it's really grown from your kitchen table to one coffee shop to now supplying coffee shops, not just locally, but across the country. And you're even in three other territories as well. You mentioned off air beforehand, you're in the UK, Hungary and Denmark. The UK is quite an obvious one for locality reasons. Hungary, we've already established you're Hungarian. Why Denmark, though? How did that happen? Oh, that's, that's an accident. I don't know what the Danish does, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, there's, uh, we had a partner in Dublin who had a, a takeaway restaurant and uh, their family member opened a pizzeria in Denmark. And they love the coffee here so much that uh, when they open during the summertime, they're buying the coffee from us. That's amazing. That's amazing. You also do, uh, as well as the art of coffee branding, and people will be familiar with it, anyone who drinks coffee will know exactly what you're talking about, but you also do a private label brand. How does that work? It's getting very popular, you know, that uh, many, there are many businesses, uh, restaurant, cafes, that uh, like to to emphasize that they are independent and uh, advertise themselves that they got their own product that they are proud of their own product and uh, then to be different than anybody else they would love to serve their own coffee and sell their own coffee beans as well just just like i do but of course setting up a coffee roaster requires a tremendous amount of work and knowledge and, and money not to mention so the choice for them is to ask uh, establish coffee roaster 
to create their own private labels. So basically we decide uh, the coffee blend, what they need to do. We help them with the design of the of their logo, their brand, and with the help of the local printers here, we prepare all the packages, roasting and shipping to them. That's excellent. So if someone has a their own one-off independent coffee house in Cork or Copenhagen, they can get their own coffee branded as if they've made it themselves, but you have all the expertise and, and that skill to put that together for them. Funny that you mentioned Copenhagen because our next private label that we're working in a very exciting project is is from Denmark again. Oh, I have <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, completely accidentally. I just got an email a couple of months ago inquiring about that, and then we 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 working together quite good now. Have you found that word of mouth like that has been hugely influential in your business, or have you really pushed it through advertising, or have you relied on that word of mouth? It was word of mouth. I'm really bad at marketing. Really, really bad. <laughs> I didn't really do much work to advertise. Of course, we got a Facebook page, and uh, but we re- we don't really have the effort, the, the the time to properly manage it and, and push ourselves. So it, it's all about uh, customer being happy with our product and uh, telling to others. Excellent. Now, of course. There's one really good way of getting the message out to you that you're a quality brand and a quality product is when you get awards. And now you have the cafe, you have the the private labels, you've got your own Art of Coffee brand. And across the board, everything is winning awards. You seem to be busy just collecting awards at this stage. Tell us about some of the awards that your company or companies or brands have have secured over the last few weeks and months and years. The, the first one was Greatest Awards. It was a good... Uh, it was a very good opportunity to see that where we are, because we, we look, we are in Leitrim, very far from the busy coffee scenes of Dublin or other bigger countries, bigger bigger uh, cities. So uh, we entered our product first to greatest awards, just purely to get the feedback. I didn't expect it anything, and then all of our brand that we uh, entered actually won one or two stars. So that that was that was a brilliant feedback that we are on a good track. One of our private label won board be our best prepared organic product a couple of years ago, and we also collaborated with a local beer brewery, the Carrick Brewery, created a stout, and that won silver medal this year at a craft beer festival in Dublin. That's the name of the festival is Altec. The cafe was nominated a few times to many different awards, but this year the Retail Excellence chose our cafe to be one of the best uh, retail unit in Ireland. We were in the 100 list. That's fantastic. It's great to think of from such small, I'll say coffee bean rather than an acorn, but just from a small idea around your kitchen table that 10 years later you're sitting busy, 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 don't have time to be doing the marketing, as you said, because you're so busy selling to various countries all over Europe. It's really, really good. Tell us a bit more about the event yesterday. Uh, your first time public speaking, how nervous were you coming into that? Extremely nervous. <laughs> Thank God I was busy working, so I didn't have much time thinking about that. But I'm, I'm quite a nervous person, to be honest, so it didn't help. But I'm very proud of myself because I think it went well and I actually enjoyed it very much. What was the day about? What was the, the reason behind the day? It was the Women Enterprise Day. It's uh, a bit of a support for uh, women in business or those who just start 
or thinking about starting a business. That uh, let's face it, it's it's true that nowadays uh, not just but it's true that uh, if you are a woman, there's different uh, obstacles and problems just by the fact that you're a woman. No, I'm not a woman. So tell me what they are, or at least share with me what some of those examples might be. Well, uh, I'm sure that everybody heard the term glass ceiling many times, and it, it is it is like that. Uh, it's very difficult to say one or two particular reasons for that. You just feel that you're not progressing, you're not taken seriously, you're not considered as a partner, you're not considered as somebody who really knows what he or she's doing. Uh, so it's um, and is that by just by men or by other women as well that's in general to be honest but you know i had a few good and bad experiences both from men and women but mainly men tend to think that uh, women you know they 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 don't they're not serious that's they they're not the first choice to contact or or work with but to be honest, for me, it wasn't a big surprise because uh, I was an architect before and the construction industry is even worse than this. So what I do is just I know the possible problems and I accept uh, the glass ceiling and I try to work around it because there's always a work around it. It might take longer for me to progress, but I will. I love that attitude. In terms of the day yesterday, what did you feel you got out of the day? Wow. First of all, getting through my first public speech <laughs> was brilliant. And the support of the, of the host, host and the, uh, the, 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 the other people that, uh, who attended. That, that, that was brilliant. That just, you know, when you're speaking and you get through all the problems and how you solve them and just looking around the faces and you can see the, the support. Uh, it's, oh, it felt amazing. Yeah, of course. It was in the landmark Thursday afternoon, uh, supported by a load of government agencies. The local enterprise office brought it all together. It seemed like a really nice day. I was told for, categorically the other day, we had them on the show on our What's On Guide on Thursday morning. Uh, the fact that you were speaking and other members of the the group were speaking and I was told categorically, well, you can't come because you're you're a man, so you're not welcome. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Which which I found very offensive, though I didn't really, but it was... I know, I know, I feel it a few times, yeah. (laughs) But no, I I know what you mean, it didn't bother me because I understand why it's happening, but um, sometimes when it's a bit of a boys club, you're not included in maybe that golf trip or it's just assumed that you're not interested, even though... You might be a better golfer than everybody. That's an example, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's lovely to see the women in business coming together and, and, and supporting each other. And there's so many groups like that out there for people. Um, thank you so much for coming in. It has been lovely to chat to you and great to hear all about the Art of Coffee and Cafe Lounge and all the things that you're getting up to here. Because you're based in the Hive right beside us. So we pass each other all the time, but we just maybe don't get a chance to check in and see what each other are doing. So lovely to have you in Georgia from the Art of Coffee and the Cafe Lounge at the back of the Lamerick. Thank you very much for dropping in. Thank you for having me. So my next guest on the show was an attendee at the National Women in Business event in the Landmark on Thursday. Fanola Armstrong-McGuire, welcome to the programme. 
Thank you, Reflin. Obviously not the first time you've been with us in your role as a county councillor. We've had you on the show before. Tell us a bit about the event on Thursday from an attendee's point of view and a woman in business yourself for many years in the, in the county town here in Carrick and Shannon. Yes, well, I was invited by the Leitrim Enterprise Office uh, to attend um, as a woman in business in the town and it was open to everybody. Uh, Carol Coleman hosted it. Um, Maureen Gaffney was one of the speakers, as was Georgia from the Art of Coffee here in Carrick and Shannon. Georgia spoke of her business and her growth in business and her struggle with it. And Maureen Gaffney talked about the psychology of women as opposed to the psychology of men and the differences there are and the strengths and weaknesses. And uh, she spoke to all of us as a group, but I have to say that in the event, I thought she was talking to me because, and that's her expertise, you know, she really can can work with the crowd that's there in front of her. But uh, she spoke of the strengths of women and she would give us as women, I suppose, a feeling of, of a right to be in a room, even if it's a boardroom where there are many men and only a few women, that, that our contribution is very, very valid. And 50 years ago, there wouldn't have been many women at the event yesterday. Women in business, and she said that herself, give, go back 50 years, you would not have got many women. And particularly, she just said, maybe there would have been a few in the fashion business. But that an event like it couldn't have been put on and attended because women weren't in business. So we've come a long, long way in the 50 years. And um, I, I'm one of those who grew up in what you mentioned as the, the fashion business or the, the clothing business and the drapery business, as it was called then. Um, and uh, I, I grew up knowing what it's like to be in business, I suppose, because as even as teenagers, we had to help out in the shop, which goes on in all homes that are, that are businesses as well. Now, the business you speak of is the current business. It's still in existence over 60 years later is the magnet on Main Street in Carrick and Shannon. That's, I suppose, where everyone would be familiar with you from before your time in politics, which is a very recent addition to your life. Tell us a bit about your memories growing up. Your mother opened the place in 1957. That seems like a long time ago now. Yeah, she and uh, her friend, a lady called Eileen Midlin, who has since died, um, they both did, actually, as I speak, but they opened it as a business. My mother and father needed a home when they got married first, and the premises that we are in now on Main Street had been a closed uh, business. It had been a bakery downstairs and a pub and grocery on the street level, but it hadn't been a business for 10 years. Um, they bought it saying we will live in it as a private house, but perhaps we'll put a business into it. It had a license, which an awful lot of places along the street had too, and my father worked in Flynn's pub. But they decided that uh, they wouldn't open a bar and they'd have a go at the clothing trade, which my mother was familiar with. She had worked in the accounts department of Gilmartin's Cash and Carry, as it was, but it was a wholesaler only in that time. And she wasn't allowed to work after getting married. So uh, she felt that she would need to do something. Um, she certainly was a woman who should have been an accountant, I suppose, in today's lifestyle. Um, she was meticulous in her figures and in her additions and in her margins. And she really worked her head in the business and the lady who came in to help her was very good with people and with buying so they made a great duo in the late 50s early 60s Um, my mother was uh, still in business in the 80s I had moved uh, and gotten married I lived in Ruski I was uh, teaching full-time and then part-time in the 80s because I had two children and one of those summers I said I wouldn't go back to teaching I'd come and help out in the magnet Um, I did that and I enjoyed it. I have to say there wasn't a huge weight on my shoulders. My mother continued to do the bookkeeping. I took nothing out of it 
in the beginning. I rented it from my parents. After five years, they decided to move to a bungalow and uh, I bought the premises as it is now and uh, did what others do and took a mortgage on it and uh, built it up. And the building up of it was, was quite easy in the 90s and uh, the early 2000s. Um, like everyone else, 2007, 8 and 9 showed difficulty, um, huge difficulty. I wasn't as affected, and my accountant would have spoken to me at the time saying, well, you know, you didn't double and treble your figures, so you won't have and quarter them. So don't worry so much about it, just, just keep steering the ship. And uh, I've continued to do that. I enjoy it. We have a lot of different things in the shop. Those of, who are familiar with it would know of us as... Uh, going from the needle to the anchor, the, the haberdashery, as the word is, uh, wools and sewing aids, uh, ladies' wear, baby wear, children's wear, and school uniforms has become a big part of our business. Um, in the early years, there weren't as many schools around, and maybe uniforms were not imposed in schools. But as they grew, we got to know a couple of very good Irish manufacturers um, and they have been loyal to us, and we have been loyal to them. Um, their uniforms are made in the country. They'd be the most things that I'm proud of is that we have held them in the country, and they've still been made. And that's a, a, a major part of our business. The July, August would be our busiest months. But we're able to uh, keep going the other months as well. Uh, I love it. I, I love the communication with people. Um, I take it as, as serious as it needs to be taken, Um I'm not going to worry about it because I believe worry is futile and um, I'm at a stage in my life that I, I like to keep it going and keep the buzz of the main street. Um, it's more difficult. A high street in all towns has changed. Um, people blame several things, but, but lifestyles have changed and uh, out-of-town shopping and Sunday shopping and online shopping is all pulling a little bit every direction from the old-fashioned, old way of, of buying Monday to Saturday uh, on the old main streets and that of, of all towns. But everything changes. You know, go back 100 years, Carrick and Shannon would have looked very, very different. If you can imagine the pub and the bakery where the magnet is now, um, that, that is what was there. And even to think that in 60, 70, it would be 70 and 80 years ago, that was the business that was in it. Um, so in another 70 years, things will no doubt have changed, but we'll work with them and we'll all see what will happen or someone will see. I won't see, of course, <laughs> as people would say, yes. Absolutely. Just in terms of, I suppose, the changes that you talked about and the challenges that you talk about, now the, the high street versus out-of-town shopping online versus uh, bricks-and-mortar shopping, they're, they're probably arguments for another day. Today we're going to focus on, on the women in business side of things. And you've been in business in Leitrim for the last 34 years and 30 years of experience watching your mum do it before you, what have been the major challenges that you faced in that time as a woman rather than as a business person? As all women uh, do, we juggle. And your time is, your conscience, um, I suppose in, in, in rearing children, you feel that's the place you need to be first. And I would believe that's the need place you need to be first when um, they're well and they're attending school you can have a rhythm of, of work and lifestyle balance um, I would always have taken time with my children I always had help in the shop I've, I've always had uh, people employed in the shop um, my children would have been my priority and it continues to this day because that's our, our nature as well um, women I, Maureen Gaffney's 
talk yesterday to us, I suppose, helped me to justify that there are problems for women in business that men don't experience. And I would have thought they were not acknowledged as much as they are. In, in fact, she, she was able to point to differences that are that are there and that the, you know women are perceived in one way and men in another by the general cohort of people out there who, who interview people for business. Um, be, being ladies wear and children's wear, I probably didn't have some of the challenges that would have been in other businesses. Um, I, I just, I suppose I grew up with it and I took it on my shoulders that I would run this as a business. Um, I hadn't um, to, to ask an awful lot for loans or, you know, the one loan for the mortgage of the shop and some loans for business, but they, they were, I would have taken them as for granted maybe, uh, whereas maybe if I was coming in as a newcomer, I would think this wasn't usual. But by growing up in a business, you have heard the language of it before and uh, that would have helped me. Yeah. In terms of maybe somebody listening to this, either growing up in the county, working in the county, maybe wants to go out on their own. It could be a, a beautician or a hairdresser or, or it could be a, an accountant or any form of, of business that they're thinking of putting up their own sign over a door and, and seeing if they can make a go of it. What would your main advice be to somebody who's in that stage of their life, either to come back to Leitrim or to move to Leitrim or to set up a, a business here when they're already in situ in the county? I would say to a person, if they, if it's in their their thoughts and they have a very strong thought about it, absolutely go for it. You you if you want to be self-employed, but working for yourself, yeah, you'll do extra hours and you'll you'll cut you'll probably work harder than you'd work otherwise. But you you will be doing it for yourself and you'll know everything from A to Z about it and and understand more of it. And I would think people would enjoy it a little more when you work for yourself. But I have never done the other, so maybe it's not fair. <laughs> in terms of other things that you're involved in, obviously you've got involved in politics since the, not the last local election this year, but the one in 2014. How has that impacted on, on your ability to, to run the business or has it, has it been an advantage? Has it been a disadvantage in terms of your, your day-to-day business? I think it has been an advantage, unless somebody tells me otherwise. I think it has been an advantage. People come to me, they know where I am, um, I, I have gone out to the homes knocking on doors and I really enjoyed that. I have to say I had no idea what it's going to be like, but I got a great welcome from people. I realised how far people were coming into town. I was eight and ten miles out of Carrick and Shannon and I met customers. And I, you know, it definitely made me straighten up and say, these people come in eight, ten miles into Carrick to do their shopping. We need to, you know, acknowledge that with them. Um, I enjoy people and uh, I meet people through the business who have asked me for things and I'm able to go back to them and say did that get sorted for you I did follow it up um, and they will tell me or they'll put their head in quickly and say that was sorted thank you very much or that wasn't sorted can you push it again Um, so I think being um, easily seen by people as a county councillor is is an advantage and an advantage to me that I, I know where I am with the people um, I, I can make the time for the meetings. Um, maybe that's where the business has stepped back a little bit and I wasn't as busy in, in the shop. So when meetings are held in the morning or the afternoon, I have cover in the shop, certainly. And I, I have two girls working in the shop so that the time that is needed to take meetings in the morning or in the afternoon, I can take it. Um, I'm very lucky in that and that the girls are very flexible as well and they understand that my call to, to the county council seat um, means a li- more involvement from them and cover from them but they are very willing to do that 
but that extra staff wages does have an impact without going into specifics of, of wages and stuff but you now need to pay extra people in your business to to look after your business when you're on other duty on behalf of the, the committee you don't get that back ah no but you know you take no, I, and I don't. Uh, I don't even count that. It's it's part of what I do, and it's, I'm happy to do it. Uh, it gives them a few more hours, great, and yeah, I do get paid in the council as well. You know, that's the the, the bottom line, of course. Yeah. yeah. In terms of events like Thursdays, how important are they to show positive examples like Georgia, like yourself, um, that there there are opportunities there for for girls and women to to grow their own businesses in this region. I think it was an excellent it was an excellent exercise. I th- would guess that every lady that was in that audience had changed career in the last 20 years. Um, those of us at our table had certainly, if I looked around, I know you started off as something else and you started as something else and I started as something else. So the, the audience that was captured were people who had stepped outside, maybe what was their comfort zone in another job and started something themselves. But there were quite a few of them. And the most thing I would think is that others weren't there. Those who are in the job that they've always been in, nine to five, couldn't ask for a Thursday off or a 11 o'clock to three o'clock off in order to attend this. But it, we we were the people almost who had done what, what the challenge was. And all successfully but you when you work for yourself you work harder as, as you probably know briefly here I'm too as well yes i'm very yeah. aware of that at the moment yes um well listen Fnola, we've run out of time unfortunately thank you so much for popping in it's been eye-opening and i think it'll be very good for someone maybe in the position you were in uh many years no, ago don't now, your but, maths are crazy but, but <laughs> a couple of years back when you took on the the, the running of your i suppose you inherited your mum's business and you took that over um Congratulations on just being in business through all of the challenges over the last couple of years and uh, the very best of luck uh, as you go forward and thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Brefney, thank you. Now for people who are listening to the show today who are thinking about maybe moving into their own business world and progressing their own skills and giving themselves that little bit of a, a boost in terms of what they think they can bring to the world there's a project that I think is going to be of interest to people in the county and I'm joined by Dr Maeve O'Brien who's the project coordinator of the PACT project as part of Foil Women's Information Network based in Derry, Londonderry in the north of Ireland but they have a project that's going to be of interest to women in County Leitrim. Maeve welcome to the programme. Thank you so much for having me, Bethany. No problem at all. Maeve tell us a bit about the PACT programme and what it is and what people will get out of it over the course of 2020. So the PACT project is um, it's an EU-funded uh, project under the, the Peace 4 remit. And essentially, um, it's about getting women together um, to connect uh, with each other, have conversations, and, and ultimately um, help women professionalise the skills that they already have. Um, and, and if women are interested, they can go on and complete an optional ILM qualification in leadership and project management, which is currently taught um, for in and around €300 Euro at higher education institutions. But with the PAC project, it's actually a free opportunity. Fantastic. And what type of person would be attracted into this opportunity? Well, we're recruiting women from 
from six counties in particular, so yourselves in Leitrim, Sligo, Donegal, Derry, Tyrone and Fermanagh. And we're really seeing a wide range of women from uh, women who are interested in, you know, in business and professionalising themselves, but also uh, younger women, for example, um, women who have uh, vocational skills such as hairdressing and the like, and they just want that certification to say that, yes, I can project manage, I, I can lead. And additionally, we have um, a great cohort of older women as well who are interested in coming in and, and networking and connecting with groups of women um, just to learn a little bit more about uh, what life's like for different generations. So it's a very collaborative and communicative um, program that's really um, spearheaded by the EU to, to sort of foster the cross-border, cross-community, um, you know, companionship and, uh, and cooperation with each other. Sounds fantastic and of course it's open to all women over the age of 16 so whether you're a school leaver or a graduate or as you mentioned a lady later in life there's an opportunity for everybody to get involved in this. Absolutely, yes. The, the goal really is to, to create sort of a national conversation, you know, um, for women to come in and, and make connections, learn about, uh, you know, different issues such as how to uh, be more effective communicators. And, and that can be, um, you know, in a business sense or for school leavers, you know, interview skills. But that can also be how can we be more effective communicators in our family, you know, in our homes. We have a lot of um, here in Derry, you know, a lot of uh, grannies would be the maybe primary caregiver for for grandchildren and it's it's about bridging that gap as well you know as well as sort of the the more um theory behind you know how how to make a business presentation how to articulate yourself as best as possible you know yeah and also i suppose we've mentioned Derry a little bit here now in the six counties but this is based locally so if there's a chapter of women or group of women who in the county who want to be part of this the event will actually be here in County Leitrim. So there'll be very little travel involved on that front. Absolutely. That's one of the really great assets about the PAC project. Because it's got women in mind, you know, we know that there are barriers for women to, to access opportunities uh, such as caregiving, such as, you know, having a nine to five job and then a family at home, even in more rural areas. I mean, I'm from Tyrone myself and um, the, you know, access to, to getting into towns and public transport is often very, very, very difficult. So um, the, the, the project will be rolled out in local areas. So if there's a cluster of women in Carrick and Shannon, we come out there. Do you know, I was actually at the, uh, over and across the border with you in, in Tupper Curry recently and, and we've got a great cluster of women interested in, in doing the project there you know so we're really really happy to come out and, and meet local people and engage with that sort of grassroots element and allow the project to be self-directed by the women who are interested in completing it. In terms of the numbers what kind of numbers would constitute a, a big enough group to do that so if we had say a cluster in Carrick and Shannon or Ballinamore or Mohull or Manor or Hamilton could there be more than one in the county? Absolutely there could um, really we're looking at about eight people um, you know cluster um, and it could go up to maybe size 20 um, and, and all of these little events so it'll, it'll only be one half day once a month over three months so I assume it'll be January February March just one half day and um, there'll be a, a lovely lunch put on as well um, so it's, it's really just about bringing groups together as well you know so um, from, from about size 18 to 20 or 8 to 20. And how do people get in touch with you how do they register their interest in this? So if people want to register their interest, they can email me at info at fwin.org.uk. So that's 
acronym for FOIL Women's Information Network and um, once they get in touch I can get their emails and there's a wee brief survey to complete and that will be you on the system. Fantastic so people do this individually or do they come together as a group themselves and then approach you? They can do it individually uh, but if anyone has any queries it's absolutely no problem to get in touch with me. I'll maybe give you my phone number as well now it is a northern number so it's plus four four um, two eight seven one two six six two nine one so i'm really happy to take any questions at all um but but really we welcome um you know women's groups as a whole or uh women individually as well excellent well listen Maeve, sounds like a fantastic opportunity for somebody who's maybe just indecisive about where they want to go next or maybe stuck in a rut or looking for a little bit of a change maybe in their in their situation and a bit of a, a confidence boost in their own abilities as well Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us a bit about the PACT project, which of course stands for Peace and Conflict Transformation and of course that optional level three ILM qualification in leadership and management as well. So perfect for a budding project manager. Maeve, thanks so much and the very best luck and I'm sure you'll get a great great reception around the county and there's plenty of women who would love this opportunity. So thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you very much. It'd be great to see as many women as possible. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Thank you very much to my guests, Georgia from The Art of Coffee, Fanola from The Magnet in Carrick and Shannon, and also to Dr. Maeve O'Brien of the Foil Women's Information Network about that course and that event that is ongoing through the end of this year and the start of next year. Tomorrow, Orla McNabola will be joined by Andy Redican ahead of his book launch next weekend for Kiss My Arts. I will see you on Monday with a roundup of the sports of the weekend. Talk to you then.